Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back, my friends. Thanks for stopping by. I'm assuming you're all here by choice. No one is forcing you to be here. At least I hope not. So thank you. I appreciate you guys. Keep coming back. Today's episode is brought to you by Crocs. That's right, Crocs. We are proud to announce our lifetime partnership with Crocs. Although the Crocs Corporation knows nothing about our partnership... And, you know, we pay 100% for their footwear, but it's still a lifetime partnership. Uh, we stopped at the Crocs outlet in Silverthorn, Colorado yesterday on our way back from camping in, in Leadville. And I've got to say, when it comes to sandals that you put on your feet after a big run, there's nothing better than a pair of Crocs. Now, I know you guys are laughing. You guys are writing me off. Uh, I'm, I'm losing losing listeners right now. Uh, I'm on my second pair right now, and uh, so now I've got a pair for the van and a pair for uh, home. Beth bought her third pair, I think, and uh, I'm pretty sure she's a lifer too. Um, I know they're a butt of a lot of jokes, and yeah, they're pretty ugly, man, but uh, they're comfy, and they don't break down. They last forever. I've got like a million miles on my last pair, so I'm holding out. Come on, Crocs holding out for a real sponsorship. Maybe I'll even start running ultras in them, climbing 14ers in them. (laughs) Uh, I've got a great guest for you guys today. His name is Dr. Brendan McNulty. He wasn't a doctor when he and I were roommates, but he is now. He's a physical therapist and he works with a lot of common running injuries. Uh, We chat about some of our past adventures and ultra running. Uh, Our good buddy, Logan, and uh, we go over ways to mitigate running injuries both physical and mental. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to try and make this intro kind of quick because I guess I have allergies now. I never used to. Uh, Where did these allergies come from? Um, I I felt sick today all day long, but all weekend I was out in the sun, sweating, climbing, paddle boarding all weekend long. So uh, how could I get sick after that? Um, Beth has been telling me for years she thinks I have allergies, and I guess today, now, at this moment, I'm finally ready to admit that. So let's get the show on the road. Uh, We are now on Patreon. Join us for exclusive content by following Patreon slash do big things. 
I want to thank my man, Scott Myers, for being the first follower and making a donation. I just started this thing, so I'm trying to get the, the ball rolling. If you listen to this podcast and you're finding any value here, donate a buck or 10, uh, whatever you can afford. It goes a long way in keeping this podcast alive. By following us on Patreon, you'll get some behind-the-scenes action, uh, the B-sides, if you will. I don't have much up there yet, but I will, I promise. And if you make a donation, I'll get you a Do Big Things hat or a Big Things crewing t-shirt, your choice. So Scott, hit me up, tell me what you'd like, and I'll get it sent off to you. Or I can just save it, and I'll give it to you when you're out here in a few weeks when we run 100 miles. We want to thank our sponsors for this episode. First of all, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. Exoskin is the only seamless athletic apparel brand that is made in the United States. Their stuff is super comfortable and great at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. If you're into anything outdoors, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are, you've got to check their stuff out. Their shorts, socks, shirts, hats have been through the most challenging races in the world, and they stand behind their products with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you got nothing to lose. If you wear it, you're not convinced, send it back for a full refund. Check them out, exoskin.us, that's spelled X-O-S-K-I-N, and the website is exoskin.us. Please use our discount code, capital BTC, for Big Things Crewing. And that is a 20% discount code right there. Use it, guys. Um, Using our discount codes and promo codes uh, helps not only support our sponsors, but support the podcast. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around, and he's helping them find even more success. Will is a certified nutritionist, and he knows what's up when it comes to diet and nutrition. You want to take your game to the next level? Contact On Pace Wellness. Or maybe you're not an elite athlete, and you just want to be healthier, feel better on the day-to-day. Maybe you just need a little bit of guidance for a month or two to get you on track. Contact On Pace Wellness. Mention this podcast, and he's going to give you a 10% discount. Get you properly tuned up for success, baby. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Have yourself a tasty beer or two without all the negative side effects. You can have one in the middle of the day, not worry about driving. You can have a couple at night and not have to worry about being groggy in the morning. There's no hangover with this stuff because there's no alcohol. Check out athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code McRobertsA20, all caps. For 20% off the best non-alcoholic beer around. Buy two six-packs or more, and you don't have to worry about shipping costs either. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together as I catch up with my old roommate and buddy, Dr. Brendan McNulty. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. 
Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. Living that physical therapy. Sorry, what was that? Well, living that physical therapy life now. Yeah, how's it going? Good, yeah. Your doctor now? I am. Dr. Brendan McNulty. True. How's that feel? Oh, you know, feels no different. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. So what else is going on? What's up with you? I got engaged. I think I told you about that. Yeah, for sure. When you guys getting hitched? Oh, you know, the longer I wait, the smaller the wedding gets. So (laughs) pushing it off till maybe it'll be a 10 person wedding. Really? When? Uh, You know, we when we got engaged, we started looking at places, you know, immediately. Kind of the coronavirus happened and everything. Uh Really just haven't haven't done any planning since. Okay, okay. Well, nothing smaller than our wedding, man. We we're gonna be uh the two of us and a photographer and top yeah. twelve 14er, and that's it. Which one are you gonna go up? Red Cloud. Okay. Yeah. Is that the ride the train out there? Is that one of the ones way down in the San Juans? It's in the San Juans, yeah. Have you ever been up there? No. Is that near Eulis and all those ones? Um it's it's right by there so Red Cloud and Sunshine are right next to each other and it's really close to Handy's. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's like really red rock up there and uh hopefully it'll be cool. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Weather. Yeah. So what else, man? I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh I was out there uh what a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Um you running? Yeah, Honestly, lately just hobby jogging. Yeah, that's all right. You're busy. Yeah, I'm trying to uh trying to make up for uh the 20 years i was i've been really into investing lately oh yeah for the last i don't know three or four months okay which uh started off horribly where uh i was just going on reddit you know and seeing like oh user satan's butthole 420 (laughs) good stock i better pick that one up but uh, i had no idea what i was doing uh so yeah, now that I've got a strategy, you know, I've made, I've gotten back to broken even. Okay. And then hopefully it trends upward from there. And, you know, I kind of chill out around 50 and just work 20 hours a week is the goal. There you go. Nice. Is this part, part of your podcast right now? It's recording. I can either cut it out or leave it in. Yeah, it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah. So tell me about your work. Um, you're, an, you're officially a doctor and you're working with people with running injuries. No, I ended up gravitating a different direction. Okay. I know a lot about it now. Um, yeah. and it's been cool. The times that I have worked with runners mm-hmm. where they, they, a real common situation is somebody comes in like first 10 K first half marathon, first marathon, they had something pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to, when you're out there running, you know, cause you're in the area and you see them out there running. Yeah. Good. But, uh, <laughs> you're like, yeah. Oh, your running form's bad. Fix that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, but yeah, I ended up gravitating more towards kind of geriatrics and post-op and okay. kind of just the, the situations where the, the goal is less 
you know, let me, let me get back to running and more. I just want to be able to walk to the bathroom or get home. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But. So are you like going to people's homes and helping them out? No, I've never got into home health. I okay. mostly work at skilled nursing facilities. Okay. okay. So yeah, I mean, I have one full-time and two part-time jobs now. Yeah. Kind okay. of burning the candle. Yeah. Well, you've always done that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just getting paid for it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember when we were roommates, you were always slinging a couple jobs. Like, you know, uh, you were always like moonlighting as a dishwasher or just like doing something crazy part time. And just like always, it was funny, man. Like when we were roommates, half the time, I didn't even know if you were there or not. <laughs> and I mean, I'm reclusive by nature. Yeah. Yeah. I'm accidentally continuing your neurodiverse theme. I, I ended up getting diagnosed with autism, which made yeah. a lot of sense. What you did? Yeah. No way. I know that's what everybody tells me, but inside of the brain wise, yeah. Like a lot of pieces fell into place at that point. Whoa. No kidding. I never yeah, would have guessed that. When I was at max stress level, mm -hmm. I got worried I just had straight up schizophrenia. Really? Where I would have these real severe I mean just kind of like delusions is the only way to describe them. Mm -hmm. You know, when I've called people at like 10 o'clock at night like hey are you suing me because uh like i wrote this whole scenario in my head <laughs> you're suing me about something and they'd be like uh no not at all so i saw the psychiatrist and i was telling him and you know he just told me like oh that's that's autism anxiety what? just so you know some small little thing happens and your brain just kind of keeps churning wow. <laughs> unless the if the virginia association of physical therapy is listening i made all that up <laughs> of course that's crazy dude i never would have guessed that so it's just like on the spectrum autism just a very very small part of your brain or um so the i mean the underlying thing at least you know I asperger's that that term mm -hmm. i guess mm -hmm. has fallen away okay but uh the underlying uh idea mainly is that there's a lot of a lot of focal neuronal connections and fewer connecting the different parts of the brain or you know there's the stereotype of the special interest yeah. kind of hyper focus which kind of comes from an area called the anterior cingulate cortex just not connecting as much to the prefrontal cortex which is okay. kind of a lot of your your consciousness you know mm -hmm. your decision making and all that yeah. um so that's where that comes from yeah. yeah i mean a lot of different things like as soon as I started actively trying to make eye contact with people, it occurred to me for how many decades, you know, it's just not looking at anybody in the face ever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this guy in my facility, uh, who I'm, I'm supposed to be evaluating him sometime this next week, but he's a blind guy with Asperger's. And I, I just am so tempted to tell the guy like, Hey, you missed out on the worst part, the eye contact. <laughs> So are you doing any sort of treatment or like taking any sort of medication or what does that look like? No, I took, I took Prozac for a month and it made me so tired. I was just floating through life in a daze. Okay. But now, honestly, now that things are kind of ironing out, got the job set, you mm -hmm. know, got mm -hmm. the girl mm -hmm. planning for retirement, just the anxiety is not that high anymore. So good. how it sorted itself out. Okay. Have you continued with therapy or no? No, I mean, that's an idea. I probably should. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, one of my main, so one of my main projects, I'll call it right now, is this guy 
let's see. I mean, he's a big guy, but he's young. He's in his thirties, but he's 500 and some pounds. And he ended up, he got pneumonia, ended up in the hospital, medical coma for a month, you know, a trach and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the physical part is very simple. He's just a big guy who's, who's got to move more. He's got a flight of stairs to get home. Mm-hmm. But uh, cognitively, this guy is a train wreck. And, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like he's, he's kind of stuck at about 14. Mm-hmm. And, and I, this is why I, I like the setting I'm in, because I can look back on my life, just all the stuff that, you know, you try to, you try to think, who was it that I met, you know, that pushed me in the right direction? What did they do? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm trying to figure out how to give this guy a, a pat on the back with one hand and a kick in the butt with the other. Okay. You can't go 100% tough love, but you also, you know, this is a guy who would want you to hold the urinal for him, you know, laying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so i'm kind of you know I, I build them up you know but i also try to gradually work in more like if i show up for therapy and he's like oh dude like can you hold the urinal for me i'll tell him like no you can do that that you want me to do that really <laughs> you're on your own buddy <laughs> yeah and so uh you know i keep working more and more things that are well within his range okay um, yeah, I think my next rule, you know, he likes to just wear the hospital gown cause it's, it's a little bit of a challenge for him to like put on a pair of shorts. So I think that's where I'm going to push him next week is just tell him, Hey, new rule. Got to get dressed for therapy. Yeah. But yeah. So baby steps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It truly is. Um, yeah. One of my other big projects right now, this lady used to drive me insane. She's a long-term care person, had a stroke, you know, so one, one arm's kind of spastic the other the leg on that side's pretty weak mm-hmm. she's she's a little ocd and she used to drive me crazy when i was one of her her roommates was mm-hmm. my patient mm-hmm. and i'd go to see that lady and she'd always have like can you move that chair a little this way and <laughs> blah 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 and if you walk past the room she'd yell at you from out of the hallway and for years i mean five ten years all she's been doing is sitting in a reclining wheelchair and then out of nowhere, she just decided she wants to walk again. So I'm like, well, let's go for it. <laughs> so it's been about a month. We've gotten to where she can, she can stand up enough to kind of lift her butt off the seat. Okay. But that's one of my, she's probably my other big project right now. Dang. In terms of trying to see just, you know, a lot of people it's, Hey, you had a knee replacement you got to get back to walking up the steps, you know, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty straightforward, but it, it's nice to have those little projects where it's just like, I'm going to change your life. Here we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But. Well, in a lot of ways, that's kind of what I'm doing with, uh, you know, we're, we're doing some coaching and then we're also doing pacing and crewing with our business. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's the same thing. It's like some people need that tough love and some people just need a kick in the ass and you, you kind of have to figure it out on the fly. You know, it's like if you go out to Leadville and you're pacing somebody that you haven't really spent much time with, you run a few miles with them and you just try and figure them out without, without coming straight out and asking them that. And then you just kind of had to figure out like, do I have to coddle to this person and sort of baby them to get them to keep on moving? Or do I just have to start yelling at this per? Like, do they, do they need a drill sergeant? You know, like everybody's a little bit different. Very true. How's that going? Like, what's the market like for, uh hired crews um it's it's crazy man like like there is there's nothing like that out there right 
So um, at this point, we're, as far as I know, the only business doing this. Okay. And I've been open and public with it, you know, on the podcast and whatnot. So I'm just waiting for like, you know, I almost hate to say it, but like other people to like copy our idea or something, but um, it, it's going really well, man. So what we're what, kind of what we're saying is, you know, we're based in Colorado. So um, most of our clients are out of staters, people who are like, we're this year at Leadville, we're going to be pacing people from Texas, Nashville, Florida, people who want to do Leadville, but just don't know anybody out here. You know, they got a couple extra bucks to spare and they would rather just put some money on the table so that they know it's all taken care of. And it's, there's sort of a professionalism to it since they're paying us. And, um, you know, we'll sign a contract or whatever. Yeah, we're going to be here at this time. And then, so then the night before the race, we'll meet up with them, find out what they're wearing, blah, blah, blah. Okay. We're going to meet you at this spot approximately this time. And, um, but like Leadville this year, um, you know, we ran out of people. And so we had to hire, we're hiring out. Um, we've got a, we're, we're pacing, you know, a, a few people out there and we've had to hire out, uh, we we're just kind of looking for the, the type of people who are going to be pacing at Leadville for free anyways, you know, because so many people are just, they go out at, to Winfield and just sit there and wait to pace somebody. So we're looking for those people. And it's like, Hey, if you want to pace our guys, you know, we'll pay you to do it. So, um, but you know, we started it in 2019 and then last year was kind of a wash as far as all the races go like pretty much everything was canceled. So this year we're kind of getting, getting our bearings a little bit more. And, and we're also working closely with a couple of different race directors too. We didn't want to like be sneaking in the back door and making money at these races. So we got, um, we're working closely with human potential race series and Gemini adventures. And, um, it's been a trip, man. I mean, and I only started this podcast because of COVID and it's like the whole yeah. thing. COVID hit and then like all the races were canceled everything kind of fell apart I'm like well what can I do just to sort of stay connected and uh, I just started having fun with like finding cool people and hearing all their badass stories and getting them out there yeah yes heard you heard you got a couple sponsors that's pretty legit yeah for sure we got uh, athletic brewing this non-alcoholic brewing company they make uh NA craft beer it's like really legit stuff and uh, we have a sponsor called On Pace Wellness, who's like a nutritionist. And then we have uh, Exoscan as well. They make uh, a bunch of different apparel, shorts, socks, all that, shirts, all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I, ha I have this hypothesis I've been kicking around. I was listening to your opening neurodiversity podcast. Yeah. You were, you were talking about yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm, th I'm thinking back to my younger self. You know, when we first met, mm -hmm. I was living in my car in the door-to-door -door organics you know, parking lot. Yeah. So it's a ways back. Um, <laughs> tell, tell me your version of uh, how you remember us meeting because yeah, know, so my version is probably similar, but probably not exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. So to me, you know, I got the hatchback that, that I mostly live in and I had just come out to try to climb all the 14ers in the summer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm working at door to door organics part-time, just driving out to the mountains any day I'm off and I'm just there sorting through some gear and you kind of roll up back from your delivery route mm -hmm. and we get to talking and you're saying uh oh you know one summer I lived in my truck and and climbed a bunch of the 14ers and uh I think I was going out to Quandary the next day yep and you know you say oh you know I'll come out there with you yeah. and this is so at this point like ultra running to me is a thing that just superhumans do <laughs> you know I I'd run like 
you know, I had bullshitted my way through like a four hour marathon at that point and felt mm-hmm. pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so we make plans to, to go out to Quandary. And then you were, you were telling me, we were texting a little bit and you're like, oh yeah, I mean, I think I'm just going to stay up all night and run around and then I'll wake up with you early in the morning. Party. <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy? But, uh, so we, we meet up, we go out there. I think I'm more in like boots and gaiters. You're just there in like shorts, just kind of like just getting this whole new perspective on life already. And so, uh, we're out there and I think you were dating and living with a girl at that time. And just by she was just happened to also be going out to quandary later in the day. Yeah. She gets mad that you went with some random guy living in his car. <laughs> you, have a, you have a big fight and you break up. <laughs> so then you need a roommate. And I'm just like, yeah, I was going to go back to Maryland. I guess I'll just stay in Colorado. Like, I'll be your roommate. <laughs> yeah. uh. so that's kind of how I remember it. Pretty much, man. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I remember when I first met you, you had like all your belongings out in the parking lot. Uh, from your car you know and you're like getting everything organized and whatnot rolling up a tent and a sleeping bag and so it was you know I took one look at you and it was obvious you're like living in your car and I'm like oh sweet (laughs) who's this guy like what are you up to because you had a bunch of camping gear and stuff so I figured I knew I mean Colorado I know what you're up to and uh you're like yeah I'm doing quandary tomorrow I'm like oh that's an easy one I'll come with you I think at the time I was training for western states if I remember right but (laughs) <laughs> yeah man then you ended up living with me a couple different times you were yeah 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 those were interesting times um, were, and for a while it was you and me and logan and uh, it was like the three different generations of dirtbaggers just living together and uh just going out on adventures all the time yeah those so from I listened to your your logan podcast which was phenomenal <laughs> i have to say but Thanks. uh but yeah, I, I was thinking back to that Long's Peak or two, two different Long's Peak adventures yeah. where uh, the one where I got separated <laughs> from you guys, right. we, you know, we're going to go, we're going to go do the loft route. Uh-huh. And, and Logan says, I, I know the route. Like, yeah. I got it. We're good. And we get up there to kind of the notch and uh, he's got no idea. And so we just keep kind of circumnavigating kind of down and around to the yeah. point of where we're, we're not going to get up to uh what, what's that last little scramble called on the keyhole route it is home stretch yeah so it's you're supposed to come out around home stretch and it's right. become very obvious that's not going to happen and so we made our plan to kind of go down keep going around come up over the ridge line mm. kind of almost where like lady mary washington would be around that ways and there was that big boulder field mm-hmm. and you guys had kind of gotten away a little bit um, I probably like stopped to pee or something. And then it's so windy. You can't hear anything, can't see anything. So <laughs> I'm just trekking, I'm just trekking my way around following the plan. And I remember I got, I got around there and I looked at that ridge line and just kind of knew that was just not going to happen. <laughs> so, so I decided, you know, I know which direction to go. I'm just going to go <laughs> together. They should be all right. So I go down and I'm just, I'm just bushwhacking through the great basin. Mm-hmm. I actually found this old jacket probably from, you know, 1980 or something. <laughs> just somebody had blown off the mountain 10 years ago and I pick it up and I'm like, well, I might as well grab this. Who knows? Cause we're all dressed for running. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I had a headlamp, but uh, <laughs> so we're out there. And I'm just, I'm just bushwhacking through Great Basin and I find a stream and I, you know, like, all right, 
this will this will probably turn into a trail if not it's going to be kind of flat wherever the stream is yeah and i just follow that eventually it becomes a trail i make it out to the road i hitchhike back and then uh, i guess logan left the keys or something because i remember hearing your story you guys get back and you're all worried and i'm just sleeping in the car (laughs) (laughs) dude we looked for you for so long like i swear like i thought i would hear your you know i thought i would hear you guys yelling but it was so windy yeah it was i know we just turned around and we're like where's brendan and we're like oh man he must have like fallen in into it like somewhere like a crevasse or something we got to go up and look for him and we're searching all over the place and then finally me and logan look at each other and we're like dude it's kind of getting dark like we need to get out of here like i don't know what happened to brendan but like we got to get out of here so i think we ended up taking pretty much the same route out that you did like we could see a road like three miles away way way down there and then we just ended up bushwhacking out and then hitching a ride back to the car and then god damn it yeah i remember my greatest fear i was like trying to hustle to get back to the car because you know what i wasn't so much worried about getting caught out in the dark or anything bad happening i was so worried about basically the embarrassment if you had to call you know search and rescue or anything (laughs) right i need to hustle back to the car so i don't have to you know carry that burden oh i'll tell this story recently this is when i was living in roanoke going to pt school and that's where uh what's called the the triple crown is located these three kind of scenic spots along the the appalachian trail Hmm. i've I've transitioned i call it the appalachian trail now that i live in virginia oh really uh yeah you can can make a good 35 mile loop out of it and uh so i just go out there to do that one day I, i left one drop bag uh probably 30 33 percent of the way through it and I had a late start because I had to work in the morning. So I started around 10, super underestimated it. But uh, probably it's this is December too. It's like a few days before Christmas. And I'm only, uh, I'm probably five miles, maybe even closer. I'm getting close in the home stretch. And, I, you know, I'm getting tired, tireder and tireder. And it starts to get beyond tired almost kind of like a taxic gait, which, um, you know, just lack of coordination. And I sit down a couple times, you know, build myself back up, keep going. And eventually I just start getting almost like tunnel vision, you know, and you, you kind of, you know, you kind of get that feeling when you think like, I'm, I think I'm just going to pass out. Right. And I end up, uh, I feel like coming and I just lay down on the ground and for, you know, I was up on a ridge line, which, which worked well. And I just straight up called 911 and I'm already pretty delirious at this point. You know, and I kind of tell them where I'm at, like trail intersections. Mm-hmm. And the lady's trying to ask me what's going on. And I'm kind of just hypoglycemic, just kind of fading out of consciousness. And I just keep telling her, like, I'm out of calories. And you know, the lady's trying to figure out, like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I'm on this trail, I'm out of calories. <laughs> and I pass out and I wake up that was probably a little after five at that point. And I was real glad I turned my headlight on, even though it wasn't necessary yet, but I wake up, I think midnight, maybe later to just, you know, like firefighters kind of like dragging me out of the woods. So I've just been unconscious in December in like short shorts and a thin shirt. Oh my God. I don't know, five plus hours. (laughs) And, uh, so that was pretty wild. And you had to get rescued. Yep. So it, it eventually 
eventually. <laughs> and this part is fuzzy. I don't know if this actually happened or not, but I know, you know, my anatomy professor in school also worked part-time for the fire department, uh, you know, and he knew I, I had done like the wildfire fighting back in the day and he was my professor. And I think he brought, you know, a form or he like basically brought me a fishing license, kind of the way that, oh, if you have a $10 fishing license, you don't have to pay the $10,000. I was going to ask you about I may, that. I may, be to, I may be totally imagining this. This may not have happened, but I think, you know, he's trying to get me to sign it. My hands are frozen, you know? <laughs> I think just like trying to scrawl my name on this piece of paper. But anyway, yeah, shout out to shout out to Roanoke Valley Fire Department. Dang. You know, so did you I, end up with like frostbite or anything like that? No, nothing, nothing lasting, fortunately. Damn. You just passed out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, out of calories. Out there laying in the mountains for I don't know, somewhere between five to seven hours. Whoa. So you think, I mean, it's, you know, you think oh, I'm just going to go out for like a 30 some mile run. Worst case scenario, I'll be tired and I'll walk, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. nothing bad's going to happen. So that was pretty wild. <laughs> and so they found you because you put your headlamp on. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I'm, Cause I, I had rolled down, I guess, off the trail a little bit from what they were saying. This <laughs> 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 went totally. Oh my God. For a while. Dude, that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you were telling that compass story, I was dying. Because uh, <laughs> we all, you know, we, I, I heard it from his perspective too. I, I invite him along. You know, it's me, you, Logan, and compass is along. Yeah. And we start off and we're running up longs, you know. And he was telling me from his perspective, we, we probably made it like 200 feet before he starts realizing, you know, this is trouble. I don't know. <laughs> then with, uh, we brought that other English guy. Uh, that was that was a, a random assortment of people on one of those 13ers. That was kind of just a random adventure, but an English guy. I don't remember that. Um, it was a friend friend of that uh, girl from door to door I dated. Okay. But yeah, Gosh, that was. I barely remember that. But I I know that guy. <laughs> That guy showed up in hiking boots, and I kind of knew he was in trouble <laughs> at that point. Well, Compass kept up with us all the way to the summit, I think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did well. I think we took a lot of breaks. Um, yeah. And he, you know, he did well. He held his own. Mm -hmm. And then as we're heading down, um, I think Logan went his own way. And gradually, we all started spacing out. We were going to meet up where that porta potty is at that intersection. Right. But somehow, he got off in some random trail that goes... <laughs> you know, all the way down to, uh, what's the name of that town? goes all the way down to Estes. Yeah, that's Estes Park. It goes all the way down to Estes Park. <laughs> and so I get there and I'm waiting at the porta potty for, for kind of a while. Um, I think I came down a little further. I think I met up with you and I'm like, is he with you? And you say, no. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go back up. Yeah. And, uh, I remember by that porta potty, there's a big rock because it started to even, I mean, I think I went all the way up to maybe about the keyhole. And somebody's come down. I was like, "Hey, is there anybody behind you?" And they're like, "Nah, we're it. Like, this is it." Yeah. And I went back down to about the porta potty, just trying to figure out where he's at. I think it started to rain a little bit and kind of hail. And you never want to be that. Some guy. I was like huddling behind the big rock. Some random guy gave me a poncho. <laughs> and I thought, you never want to be that person who's not prepared in the mountains. <laughs> just not thinking like I was prepared for me. Right. I just wasn't prepared for uh, 
I didn't have do big things with me to, to <laughs> dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Uh... But yeah, we eventually give up and we go down and we talk to the Rangers. And I don't know if you remember this. We went and got burritos. Right. And, and, uh, and we brought him one. And I remember us dying, talking about what if we gave this guy a tortilla full of jalapenos? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have. <laughs> that guy was starving by the time he found us. Uh, yeah, that was probably the adventure of a lifetime for him. <laughs> no kidding. He's probably just like, ah, oh, that one time I went with those guys. Those guys were, <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine what he's thinking now about that. Yeah, I hope he's doing all right. He actually, he called me a couple of years ago. He was, because he, he's a, an alcoholic and he called me having a relapse. So I really? put him in touch. With, yeah, it's, I put him in touch with a couple of AA friends I have out there. But oh. I ended up, I lost all my numbers because I got a new phone. And the SIM card I had was too big. So I ended up just cutting it with scissors. And it worked as far as making phone calls and everything, but it, I lost all the contacts. So I don't even have his number anymore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He contacted me randomly a couple of years ago too. And then somehow I lost contact with him, but yeah, I don't even, I probably wouldn't even recognize him if I saw him on the street nowadays. Well, you there? Yeah. Sorry. I went to go grab a long sleeve shirt. It's oh, all right. That's all right. But yeah, so hopefully he's good. I mean, I know at one point he was looking at, he, you know, he wanted to be like a PA, like a physician's assistant. So, okay. Yeah. I don't know what he's up to anymore. Hopefully doing well. Yeah. Hopefully not getting lost out on mountains and no. so hungry. He asked passerbys for some food and they hand him an orange and he bites into it like an apple. Oh yeah. But <laughs> entire tangerine without feeling it. Well, the funny part about that story was we reported him missing to the Rangers and then waited around for a while and we're like, well, there's not much waiting we can do. So we might as well get, go get some food. So we went all the way down to Estes and we ordered some burritos. And while we're sitting there eating, our, like our, one of our phones rang or something. And it was a ranger. And he's like, yeah, we found your buddy. And we're like, oh, okay, we'll go get him. Thanks so much. But then we hung up. We're like, well, let's finish these burritos first. We're hungry, man. <laughs> hey, what were you guys doing while I was out starving in the mountain? <laughs> hey, at least we brought him a burrito. <laughs> what a stand-up guy Compass is. You know, I give him that burrito and he tears into it. And he only made it about two bites before he was like, hey, I'll pay you back. They're like, nah, dude, it's good. Like, <laughs> it. Oh, that guy, classic. Well, how about the time uh, when Logan and I were going to go out and do Nolan's and you volunteered to hike us out of a drop bag, like way, way out the, down uh, Pine Creek Trail. And you hiked like 15 miles in and hung that bag up in a tree or something. And then we didn't even make it that far on our Nolan's attempt that year. And then uh, you were like, well, what about that drop bag that I left you guys? And we're like, ah, oh, yeah, it sucks. You had to do that. Just leave it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like a week yeah. later you went out and got it yeah i went back for it i went back oh <laughs> uh, i don't even know what was in it but oh <laughs> uh, surprised the bears hadn't gotten to it yeah yeah but you know it was a good hike honestly the worst the only bad part about driving back out there and doing that hike again was there was really bad traffic coming back oh. otherwise otherwise it was a solid little trip Dude, there always is. The traffic's just getting worse and worse out here. It's horrible. Yeah, I think if I if I had to come back to Colorado, it, it would be probably like Durango or something. Yeah, yeah. But now, I mean, I'm now I'm, I've totally switched it up. You know, 
got the fiance settling down. We'll probably yeah. buy a house here before too long. Nice. I, I was just daydreaming. I saw somebody post about this trail that goes uh, the full length of New Zealand. Uh, probably a little shorter than the AT, but uh, you just start daydreaming about that. You should be like, babe, you don't know what I give up for you. <laughs> like, hold me would have just, you know, yeah. buckled down for two months, saved up a bunch of dough and headed yeah. out there. Uh, you can't talk her into coming with you for something like that. No, <clears throat> no, she does. She does all right on day hikes. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'd be curious how she would do on a, an overnight one, but yeah, yeah, she's, she's more of like, she's kind of like an adult emo kid, very introspective, good sense of humor, voracious yeah. reader. Okay. Cool. But yeah. I mean, I, last time I was out in Colorado and she came out to visit, I took her up bear peak uh you know i was thinking like ah you know i, I run up this thing it can't be that bad right <clears throat> but uh there were tears oh dude <laughs> you, know, you know that first little right around the saddle where you could go over to green yeah and i think we made it there maybe a little bit further and i ended up i just kind of convinced her like this is basically the top like <laughs> you, you pretty much did it <laughs> and, and then it in typical dirtbag fashion, I said, you wait here. I'm going to go up and I'll be back. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dude, I hate to say it, but I've made, God, I'm an asshole. I've made girls cry on Bear Peak and I've made several girls cry on Long's Peak. <laughs> it's like back in the single <laughs> days when you're just like dating, dating girls. Yeah, I took this one poor girl up Bear Peak and uh, she did okay on the way up, but then on the way down she was just hating life and she just wiped out and it was just a little fall where she did her, her feet went out from underneath her and she fell on her butt. And I turned around and she's just like, <laughs> she's just oh. like, Oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've uh, made several girls cry up on Long's peak, unfortunately. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you get really good shape, it's easy to lose track. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I underestimated. Fun. I'm like, anybody can do this, like keyhole uh, route. That's freaking easy, right? But no, nah, uh, apparently not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, I be, so I have this hypothesis I've been kicking around. Mm. Um, swinging way back to, I was listening to your first episode here. Uh, and, you know, there's so many stories of just uh, whether it's, you know, somebody with chronic depression, any kind of addiction, they fall into ultra running. Yeah. I have this, I have this hypothesis. It's all, you know, potentially related to whether it's, you know, having a neurodiverse brain or a bad childhood, whatever, whatever reason you just kind of don't fit the pattern wherever, you, wherever you grow up, you know, some people, they just fall right in kind of lock and step, do the, the kids, the job, you know, just kind of follow it along. Mm -hmm. But if, if you're not doing that and it keeps accumulating, you know, you just, the more you feel bad about yourself as kind of your baseline, mm -hmm. it's like, you got to go out and run a hundred miles to feel the way just a regular person does after a 5k. Right. So they, so they look at, you know, if you, you, you'll see on like Facebook or something, someone will say like, woo, ran my, ran a 10k loving it. Mm -hmm. And which is awesome. It's always good to get out there. Mm -hmm. But I, I think honestly, I would be curious to hear your perspective on that for like a me or you it's almost to get that same feeling it's times 10 and that's why we gravitate towards this sport. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree, man. I mean, there's so many people in, in the sport of ultra marathon that come from backgrounds of like addiction or 
or they were like super big weightlifters before they got into ultra endurance sports, or they have some bad trauma from, from their past that they're either trying to run from, or, you know, yeah, it's so weird, man. And yeah, I've often, I've often thought about it with the alcoholic thing, like recovering alcoholics, like so many of them end up in, in ultra marathon sports. And it's like, I haven't quite been able to put my finger on it, but it's like, it's more socially acceptable, right? If I'm falling down on the trail after being out there for 24 hours, my friends are going to be there to help pick me up and say, Oh, it's okay, man, keep going and get me to the finish line. But if I am an alcoholic and I'm falling down drunk, you know, everyone's like, dude, you're a loser. You need to get help, man. Like what's your problem. And then, uh, and also it's like going out on a, on a long weekend training run, going out for an eight hour run or something like that. It's like, a way to kind of get fucked up. Right. Uh huh. But it's like you said, it's more socially acceptable than, than, uh, going out on a bender. But yeah, man, I mean, there's definitely parallels there. It's, it's pretty strange. There's so many people that come from mental illness and, and addictive tendencies that end up in this world. I feel like most ultra runners probably have something in their past. They at one, they have a screw loose one way or another, like something's up with them. <laughs> yeah. An interesting bunch. That was uh that was kind of, it was like the give and take of moving from Colorado to Virginia was it was a lot harder to find somebody to go, you know, do that 35 mile run. Yeah. But also, uh, you know, I was so used to say like, if I went out with you and Logan and I'm the slow guy, and then suddenly I roll up to this kind of smaller town in Virginia and I was, I was like mowing down Strava segments, like the trail <laughs> yeah. segment. Yeah. It, so the, I remember one guy getting irrationally angry about this, you know, some guy commenting just like bike question mark and just walking around <laughs> all day. Like F you, I'm not even fast, dude. It's not my fault. You're even slower than me. <laughs> oh. I know, dude, like everybody here is an athlete in, in multi-sport athlete, you know, it's, it's crazy. Everybody in Boulder, like they're getting up to kayaking and mountain biking and running and everybody's into three different sports at least. Yeah. What are some of your, what's that around there? I mean, now that you got the business, you're probably. Oh yeah. Well, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, dude, I love Colorado. Like Boulder just doesn't get old to me. I can go up and down green and bear like every single day and they just don't get old to me. Some people get sick of running the same stuff over and over again. I just did green and bear both yesterday. And every time I get out there, I'm just like, man, this is like, I'm so glad I live here and I can run there right from home. So, uh, yesterday I did green and bear from home and it was like, I don't know, 15 miles or something like that. And Dude, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd be open to moving other places in Colorado, but, and you know, there's other States that are awesome, but I just feel so spoiled here. I love it. Yeah, I'm not moving anytime soon. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. That was a way, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, I think a lot about kind of like the autism brain and how some things, I guess I'll put it this way. Some things you work on and some things you work around uh-huh. and, you know, I'll have, I'll have that compulsion towards kind of collecting or kind of hyper-focused type thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's always good ways to spin it. Uh, you made me think of this talking about running green and bear a lot. There's this little mountain in Roanoke. Um, it's honestly more of a hill. It's, you get about 700 feet of gain from the base. Um, 
but yeah, when I, when I moved there, I just decided I'm going to count how many times I run this mountain. And I think I, I think I got up to like 284 or 86 over a few years. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of just a good lesson in, for everybody to just think about what are, what are some immutable characteristics that you view as negative and how are you going to spin those? Yeah. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to become that guy who becomes a hoarder and like collects something non-functional god right. seven thousand newspapers you know but if you can turn that into i'm gonna count how many times i run up this mountain yeah kind of the way to go that's they used the, to always no i was just gonna say that's like the ultra runner brain right there um you know i think back to when i was a kid and i did the same thing like i remember when i was a kid we were out camping and we went to this place that had a water uh like one water slide um, it, it was like a small campground. They had one water slide and I decided I'm going to go down this thing as many times as I can today. And I just started going up and down and up and down. I'm counting and all the lifeguards were like, how many times now? I made it to a hundred times up and down this thing a hundred times in one day. And all the lifeguards are like, no, I don't think anyone's ever done that before, you know? And I'm just like, I wonder if that was like the start of, of me, like, running crazy ultras or something like i just had that, that, that screw loose right there you know i don't know yeah it's something different i guess everybody would do it if there wasn't a little unusualness <laughs> embrace the unusualness right <laughs> so what else do you remember about us living together i want to hear some of your this this one popped into my head the other day that i was laughing about to myself um, but I want to hear some of your stories. Um, so, um, <laughs> so you and I, you and me and Logan were living together and you had some girl over and you went oh. room, and Logan just blast this song. I just had sex. <laughs> I think that's the name of the song. He blasted so loud and we were just giving you a hard time because you're in your bedroom with your girl. And the only thing I remember is you walking out of the, the bedroom, like stone faced and you walk right up to Logan and you just punch him right in the stomach <laughs> and turn around and walk right back in your room. <laughs> oh, and then, uh, cause I could, I could do the Chromecast for my phone. And I think Logan was single at the time. Yeah. So I think I, I Googled some song about kind of menage a moi and, <laughs> and played that over the TV. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh. Yeah, you might, I know you might hit all the, like, I don't, I don't think I'll ever see something again, like uh, repelling off the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was classic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, in case anybody didn't hear that one, our old roommate Logan had to rappel off the third floor balcony to go clean up all the dog shit that had <laughs> splattered all from our third floor balcony all the way down to the second and first floor balcony. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, our roommate Logan's rappelling like Spider-Man down the, down the wall to go clean up this diarrhea mess. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've probably never seen Never quite see anything like that again. No. Or just a, a hammock in the tree, because why not? Yeah, yeah. Three floors up. Why not? <laughs> but uh, you and I had a good trip when uh, that Thanksgiving that we went out and we, we biked at Moab. We biked uh, the Slick Rock Trail at Moab. And somehow I went over my handlebars and busted my hand. 
And then we went and ran the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim the next day. Yeah, that was a good trip. Oh yeah, that was another case where uh, on that final that final push, you know, getting back up and you'd gone out ahead. And that, you know, at that point, my whole running career has been, uh, you know, when I did my first marathon, the longest training run was like an eight miler. <laughs> but by the time, you know, I'm going out for the, the rim to rim to rim, I've done a marathon. That's the longest. Yeah. When I showed up to Leadville, you know, that, that one had been the longest I'd done. So just this, uh, absurd and impractical leapfrogging which um yeah it remind me remind me to try to get into like some running pt related stuff yeah. but uh yeah let's see where, where was i going with that rim to rim to rim oh right yeah so um you've gotten out ahead and i finally make it to the top the car's not there oh yeah <laughs> you know should i wait here should i so i hop on the bus and this this lady who is almost at the end of her shift driving the bus drives over to the other place and you're not there and i kind of talk her into driving back to the other spot and she's real not happy about it i think we finally <laughs> met up at the other parking lot yeah yeah i don't remember exactly what happened but uh i remember getting to the top and how did that work out I just remember being worried that you were going to be stuck out there in wet clothes with not, not enough warm clothes and, and like freeze your ass off or something. So like I was in your, I think I was in your car and I drove it to one spot and you weren't there. And then I drove it back and I started getting worried. I'm like, Oh man, he's going to be freezing out here. And then finally we found you. <laughs> oh yeah. Walking around that buffet. Uh... <laughs> oh dude, you were crippled. You were crippled. <laughs> man you were so oh dude and then you came home from work the next day and you were like if i hear one more joke about being gang raped in prison <laughs> my top uh, <laughs> uh, yeah that door to door just such a love-hate relationship oh my god <laughs> yeah it was fun for what it was worth but yeah i don't i don't miss that place at all nah nah i met some good folks but yeah for sure you for sure. So you don't want to go, you don't want to go work for Mr. Ty's cleaning company now. You never, Mr. Never Ty's? Took up on that one. No. Is that the place you worked for? No, that was, uh, that was the, one of the senior executives of door to door who tried to talk you into working for his oh, cleaning oh, company. Oh, 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 yeah, I gotcha. No, 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 no. Thank you. He ended up hitting me up here recently about something else too. Like we went out for coffee and I don't know. It's just like, Every couple of years that guy shows up and it's just, he's a good guy, but yeah, no, thanks. No, I don't want to work for a cleaning company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> finally, finally later in life, I've kind of curtailed most of my anti-authoritarianism. Oh, dude. It's like, where's the boss? You just got to rebel against him just for uh, no reason. I know. I have a hard time working for other people, man. I just got to work for myself. I'm just that old curmudgeon that I don't like being told what to do. I have, have problems with authority, I guess. Yeah, so it sounds like you made it happen. Yeah, we're getting there for sure. We're getting yeah, what's, there. What's like? Uh, what's it like starting your own business? I have a couple of uh, wheelchair attachment ideas I've been kicking around. I've been into three D printing lately, so I'm making a few prototypes. Really? And it's I've seen a couple of things that are similar to what I want to do, but I think I have better solutions to the same problem that I can do cheaper. But it becomes, you know, do I have to carry? thousand dollar a month liability insurance at which point is it not worth it kind of thing like 
the product on the market I'm kind of looking to replace. They sell theirs for 200 bucks. I think I have something better. I could probably sell for 30, but it's just a matter of, uh, you know, what's the liability kind of thing. And how much of a habit. A wheelchair attachment? Like what kind of attachment? I don't want to give out the secrets. I'll tell you. Okay. But um yeah man i mean um let's see how did we all start like we're insured for sure um our insurance was i can't remember exactly how much it was we had to pay annually and uh gosh i mean it was like 500 bucks something like that i don't think it was any more yeah how does that work if you have a unique company you just start calling insurance companies and just say Hey, uh, what do you charge if I'm running next to a guy for a hundred miles? Totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, so we, we contacted a couple of race directors and we're like, who do you guys get insurance through? And then we contacted a guy who does, uh, guiding up in the mountains. He guides people up and down some of the peaks and the 14ers and the Boulder peaks. And we, we contacted him and we were like, who do you use for insurance? And so we just started asking people really. And then, yeah, we, we contacted a few insurance places until one, one place told us yes. And all we needed was that one yes, so that we had insurance so that we could, you know, get the ball, get the ball rolling, really. And um, so, yeah, it's just, it's all like trial and error. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Um, but we've got plans for the next couple of years to take this thing to the next level again. And I don't really want to tell those secrets on air. I'll have to tell you off air, but yeah, um, yeah we're, we're hoping to, to ramp this thing up to the next level. So who knows, man? Like, we don't know what we're doing. You know, we don't, we don't have a clue, but, uh, we just built a van out and, uh, it's pretty sick. We got this, uh, Mercedes Sprinter and we just had it built out and we got the logo on the side, the big things crewing and everything. So when we're, when we're driving that into Leadville, man, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be sick. And I think people are going to want to work for us too. So like I said, you know, if you're pacing for free, hell come work with us. We'll, we'll pay you to do it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Like Uber pacing in a way, almost. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to think of this new thing. Make that app now. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're not going to use it for a while. Just get a lockdown. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This whole idea just came uh, while running a hundred miler, you know, and it's just like, I wonder if you could ever just make this into a business. You know, I had a buddy pacing me and we just knew each other really well and everything was clicking really good. And it's like, you know, it's like, we've done this so many times. You, you can just take a look at a guy at mile 60, if he's struggling and kind of figure out what he or she needs, it's like, okay, dude, you need a little salt or you need a little sugar or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, I, I think there's opportunity here. So who knows where it'll go, man? Who knows, but we're having fun. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. When, when, uh, you know, I signed up for Leadville, which is my first 100, I think you and I, we just ran up, uh, ran up green, I think at midnight, took a few shots of whiskey at a, an empty coconut water bottle, <laughs> ran down and signed up for Leadville. Yeah. That was on new year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then we, we trained pretty regularly on green. I think you and I would go out there at least once a week and run it pretty hard. Yeah. And yeah, and then I ended up getting uh, getting kind of some low back pain, and I was working those crazy hours. That was uh, that was when things were next level crazy at door to door. So I was working those ninety hour weeks. Yeah, basically like the two months leading up to it, and I, you know having this low back pain that now, if I knew what I know now, you know I could have nipped it in the bud and yeah. you know a couple weeks and been good. Huh. 
but uh yeah i remember having probably run like 80 to 100 miles total in the two months leading up to Leadville. <laughs> Going up there, like, I guess we'll see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> uh, were you pretty nervous the night before? Yeah. And I mean, um, you know, and there was like, it was kind of a commotion. It, you know, there was a bunch of folks over. Some random guy was talking loudly about how he switched to acro yoga, is what I mainly remember. <laughs> I just sleep on the couch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember I woke up, I was feeling pretty good at the start of the race. Yeah. Um, that one, I don't think, uh, I don't think I really died during Leadville until coming back over Hope Pass. So I was a, a little over halfway before it went into kind of suffer fast yeah yeah but that was finished. like yeah, yeah if you're ever looking yeah check out the grindstone 100 if you're ever looking for a east coast ultra okay i ran that one a couple of years ago um using the term ran lightly there at least yeah. after miles too <laughs> i had volunteered out of the year before at the aid station it's out and back so i think it was like 36 and then 72 but uh, yeah, coming back through there, we were telling those, it was the same folks. And I told them, you know, sign me up to volunteer next year because I ain't doing this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a big climb going right out of there. And it's it's more kind of East Coast mountain. So it's undulating. There's not uh -huh. as much up Hope Pass, down Hope Pass. Yeah. You know, it's just constant up and down. And I think going uh, going up that climb, I just laid on the ground. My brother was with me. He's like, just kick me in five minutes. <laughs> 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 Ooh, that one was a struggle but the last one i did uh was a real fun one it was very flat which was a change um what was that one called the yeti the yeti 100 uh, yeah which uh i was kind of glad I, I got in the lottery somehow they're a western states qualifier okay even though it's it's got three thousand total vert you know the whole race yeah um so i was pretty i was still i wasn't quite in and you know you always want to be in better shape i was still in not great shape but i was still you know running kind of intervals by the end yeah i think i took a 20 mile break to just walk during it but that <laughs> one was cool. nice but yeah my theory is just the race director of that one is a really cool guy you know i met him and he's just one of those guys with that magnetic personality okay. i'm just like this guy's awesome yeah. so my theory, my theory is that has to do with them being a western states qualifier okay just the race director being a cool guy was it expensive? No, nah, it was like 300 bucks. Okay. Okay. That's not, that's not too bad. Normally like you have to pay, normally the races that are Western States qualifiers are a little bit extra money because that race director has to pay like a fee to, to, to be a qualifier or something. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm, well, I'm in there. Uh, I'm randomly in their video. They put out at the, after like the recap of me just brushing my teeth at an aid station, which that's a free tip. Do big yeah. things should pick that up. Yeah. Especially cause uh, I know you were talking about the lozies. I'm still, I'm still heavy on the nicotine lozenges. Oh yeah. And I honestly, I think, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the association with tobacco, you try oh, this yeah, stuff. I'm, I'm big into those too. Yeah. See, I think if, uh, if nicotine wasn't, you know, historically associated with tobacco, I think it would be prescribed you know, in some cases, especially like ADHD, which yeah. has, you know, it has similarities to Adderall. Well, it's prescribed to, um, Alzheimer's patients. Yeah. Like nicotine gum. Thing. Yep. Like and Parkinson's too. Oh. Like 
if you're trying to not get Alzheimer's or maximize your chance, it's basically good sleep, exercise, and randomly nicotine seem to be three of the biggest things. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I love I love working with uh I work with a lot of dementia folks. Really, which can be difficult, but it, when you're tired, it's very hard. But when you're when you're feeling good, they're the funnest people to work with. Like this one lady, you know, she's telling me, uh, you know, I want to go out to the courtyard and feed the birds. I'm like, okay, I wanted to, you know, work on your walking balance anyway. <laughs> we'll walk on some uneven terrain. So we walk out there. This lady just walks up to the grass. There's no birds in sight, but she just reaches into her pocket and pulls out this full sandwich still in the wrapper and just kind of drops it on the ground. I remember just kind of dying like that, but yeah, they, yeah, they're some of the funnest people. Dude, I don't think I could do that job. I'm glad there's people like you. <laughs> it's all it's all about finding the right strategies. I imagine it's similar for like childcare. Yeah. Like this one guy I'm working with, you know, he he was a welder when he worked. So when I want him to do something, you know, if I want if I want him to walk to kind of get a little little bit of that practice and exercise in I'll say like hey I'm not sure about the uh you know the welding on this window or I don't know what metal it is and then he'll kind of like oh, oh I'll go take a look at it so <laughs> with that population it's all about you got to kind of learn their their little tricks their language know? yeah for sure yeah, exactly so yeah. that's kind of half fun can you tell me was, was this was this MIG wet welded or TIG welded <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh... stuff like that that's so funny. that's kind of the funny thing with them. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, the times I've been working with runners, you just tell them what to do and then they just do it and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, man, I've been having a bunch of lower back pain. So um, okay. do you have any uh, tips, tricks, anything I could be doing, should be doing? Yeah. Well, give me, give me the rundown. Like when, uh, when does it come on? any activities time of day after certain things um lower back pain it's on the right side um i once went and had a massage and she said that i was really tight on the left side and so i was somehow compensating that's why it's sore on the right side but uh it hurts pretty much most of the time i mean when i'm on my feet it really yeah. hurts like standing in one place is really painful for me like i'm always fidgeting around and moving around um when I sit, I try and sit with good posture because otherwise if I'm slouching, it really messes my back up. And when I'm running, if I'm running downhill, that seems to really affect it. Okay. It's really yeah. sore afterwards. That's kind of what I had right at like leading up to Leadville. And I kind of have a four point, like kind of a four step strategy I use for that. Are okay. you having it right now as we're talking? Sort of. I mean, I'm trying to sit good posture, but yeah, it hurts. Do you, do you want to run a little experiment? Yeah. Do you know Let's the do, do you know the do you know the cobra pose from yoga? Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're okay. on your stomach and you're kind of pushing up a little bit. Yeah, exactly like that. So um what I want you to do is try try 10 of those okay. in a row. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the top, kind of like exhale and really let your hips sag down. Mm -hmm. Um and try try a few sets of 10 and see how that does. Um, you can look up what's called the McKenzie method, which mm -hmm. the story of how that came about is hilarious. It was uh, this New Zealand, uh, they would be physiotherapists over there. 
um, which I think is a lot cooler than PT. I think <laughs> they go by physio. But uh, basically, somebody comes in, low back pain. He had this treatment table where you could lift up half of it, you know, and he tells the guy, okay, you know, go in that room, lay on the table. I'll be in there in, uh, in a few minutes. So he goes in and he sees the guy laid on it face down instead of on his back. And he's been sitting at this super pronounced arched angle. And, uh, you know, he comes in, kind of makes sure his eyebrows don't shoot up to his hairline. She kind of oh, plays it cool. Like, well, how are you feeling? He's like, oh, this was great. You know, I feel way better. <laughs> and uh, so you're still pretty young. So a lot of times that low back pain responds well to repeated extension. And the extension is leaning backwards. Um, so that's one of the four, four steps I use for what you're talking about. Okay. Um, another one is kind of, kind of core strengthening and activation kind of, you know, there's some muscles called the multifidus that are, um, kind of deep there in your spine. Do you know mm -hmm. the bird dog? Do you know that exercise? No. So you're in, in a quadruped position, hands and knees. Yep. And what you want to do is lift up right arm and left leg and then left arm and right leg. Okay. And, uh, a lot of times a good if you're by yourself, if you don't have somebody watching, you can put like a broomstick or, you know, something across your back, kind of right around your hips to see if you're, if you're leaning too far over, you know, it'll fall off is a way to keep an eye on it. Okay. So obviously you don't want the, the broom part of the broom handle or that would, that would throw it off. Yeah. But, uh, and I, you know, you're an athlete, so you can do things like add TheraBands or, mm. you know, hold a little weight or something. But yeah, the, I like that for kind of getting that, getting that core going. Um, I do a lot of neurodynamics. Um, so if you're kind of, there's a few different ones I like. One is if you're laying on your back and you pull your knee up and you're kind of holding, you're trying to hold your knee tight, but you're mm -hmm. pushing your knee out at the same time and then coming back in and, and pushing that knee out. Okay. Um, that one seems to do pretty well. So that's like muscle activation therapy kind of, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things that are all the same, but different people have given them different names. Sure. Like in PT, there's dry needling, which is just acupuncture. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, isometrics work very well, especially for what you're talking about. Like say if you stood next to a wall and kind of lift, lift your leg up, especially the one that's bothering you and, you, and you try to push it into the wall as if you were trying to move the wall. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, you know, things like uh, what would be called the pigeon pose, um, kind of things yep. like that to get the piriformis. I'm not big on static stretching, especially for athletes. Um, you know, I kind of like more dynamic things. Like, do you, do you know the pigeon pose? Yeah. I know you're kind yep. of a yoga guy. Yep. So, if you're going to have somebody like you do that, I, would, I wouldn't do so much of, you know, I hold it for 30 seconds as much as a really slow, like kind of pushing into it and pushing out of it because, uh, you know, the more you learn about pain, it's kind of one of those things that the more you learn, the less you think, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, old school is very, uh, I guess, biomechanical where, you know, they might tell you something like, Oh, you have an, a muscular imbalance which I think is only one, one piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. You got to kind of think of pain as sort of think of it like your body's alarm system. 
like if you, if you sprained your ankle and uh, you know you kind of ruptured a tendon, that's kind of supposed to hurt mm-hmm. because you need to as new collagen is being laid down, you kind of want that a little immobilized for at least the first couple of weeks or so as those new, that new tissue is being laid down. So, right. so pain is valuable for times like that where you shouldn't be moving it because it mm-hmm. needs to heat. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, just, it can, it can get a little out of whack. And I mean, stress and just day-to-day life plays a huge factor into it as well. Right. Just kind of just sensitizing your whole nervous system. But, um, have, I mean, have you had any big changes in your, your running or your training or day-to-day life since you noted that, noticed that pain coming on? Not really. I mean, it's just like the more I do, uh, the more it hurts. And I'm always, I'm always doing stuff. You know, I'm always out on the trails. I'm always lifting weights. I'm always stretching. I'm always doing yoga. Um, so I'm always really active. And, but it's just like the more I do, the more it accumulates, the more it hurts almost. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, stretching out first thing in the morning usually helps. Um, you know, I'll get on YouTube and, and look up like yoga for lower back pain. And it helps to a certain extent, you know, but it doesn't really make it go away entirely. So, yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I have this whole kind of guide I typed up for a friend. Uh, I think it was like Christmas or her birthday or something. Um, pretty similar to what you're describing. I'll have to send it your way. Okay. She, she only has one arm. So a lot, there'll be like a lot of details that are kind of weird. Like put a yoga block here where you only have one arm. But <laughs> maybe I'll take those out or I'll just leave them in. Uh. <laughs> you have the weirdest friends. <laughs> uh. This for, I think I, I think I recently added the isometric. So I've kind of got this five kind of five point plan for the low back pain. So okay. I'll have to send it. It works for me. Like times I've felt it creeping up. You know, I just kind of nip it in the bud. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, people want to always jump straight to things like their back hurts, so they go and get an MRI, and then there's a disc bulge, so they say, oh, I guess that you know that must be what's causing it. But if if you if you had a hundred people get MRIs, you know, half of them have back pain, half of them don't. At a certain age, they all have disc bulges, mm. so it's not the be all end all you know, probably a contributing factor, but it's not like disc bulge equals pain sure. or same things like labral tears in the shoulder. Like if you're 65, you have a labral tear, whether it hurts or not, most mm. likely. Okay. So, so bodies are real complex. And, uh, a lot of times it's, it's not as much biomechanical as learning how to retrain kind of your brain to, to not hurt. How long have you been having that back pain? I mean, off and on for years. I mean, probably a decade or so at least. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like the thing I think people will talk about like an old injury, you know, creeping back up. Like, Oh, I think when I was a high school football player, I sprained my ankle and now I'm 60. And I think that's why it's hurting. (laughs) Um, which, you know, it's not like there's no, I wouldn't say there's no truth there. Because if you, if you had that injury, you know, some neurons got laid down that are related to that, that ankle hurting in this example. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's complete BS, but also it's not really a good mindset to have. Right. If that makes- yeah. Yeah. So much of it's it, mental, right? Yeah. It's good to keep in mind, you know, bodies are, 
super adaptable. You know, that's that's kind of the that's an interesting thing. You know, I work mostly with old people now, but the concepts don't change where you need to have 60% of your one rep max to to get strengthening. You need to have at least 60% of your heart rate reserve to uh, kind of have aerobic adaptation. Mm-hmm. So that's still true, even if you're 70. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll warm them up. I don't jump right into it, mm-hmm. but after a couple of weeks, you know, you can have, you know, an old lady whose shoulders hurts. I mean, it'll still only be about three pounds, but if you watched them, you'd think it was a 50 pound dumbbell. <laughs> um, you know, it's good not to view people as, as fragile sure. as much as you Yeah. Yeah. What is some uh, general advice you'd give to, to runners to, you know, stay healthy um, people who might be somewhat injury prone or they're just, you know, they're, they're, it's summertime's coming up. Everybody's ramping up mileage a little bit. Um, do you have any like, key things that everyone should be doing to stay on top of things? Yeah, just progress slowly. Um, especially if you have good baseline fitness, say if you're a cyclist or, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, not, not in the same way that a football player, but running is, you know, relatively high impact in terms sure. of accumulation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you're trucking down green mountain, you could be putting, you know, seven times your body weight going up through, you know, your legs and your ankle and your knee and your hips and your back, um, which is, you know, humans are built for that kind of thing, but you can't just jump into it. Right. You got to build up and adapt to it. Mm. Um, So, you know, the 80, what is it? The, what do they call it? The 10% rule is out there for a reason where, you know, just try to add 10% Mm -hmm. every week. And sometimes that, that can seem super frustrating, which is why, uh, you know, saying if you're already an athlete, um, cause you'll have the, you'll have the baseline fitness to go out and do way more than, uh, you might be ready for and muscles and aerobic capacity. They're going to develop way quicker than what we would call inert tissue, like your meniscus, your ligaments, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's, I would say where a lot of people get themselves into trouble is being pretty fit, you know, um, and just progressing too quickly. Yeah. So you know, do yourself a favor and take the extra time. It's kind of, um, I've been laughing because this main guy I watch as far as dividend investing goes, he's, he's almost like my inverse where he draws a lot of investing comparisons to how he's trying to build up his running. And, you know, he'll be saying like, you know, it's slow, but steady. And you can eventually build up to even like five or 10 or a half marathon. And, you know, he's probably got millions of dollars. And then I'm on the other side where, you know, I'm like, oh, a thousand dollars but <laughs> but yeah i mean i was taking that real serious last time i was about to make an effort to to try to get back into ultra marathon shape um i think i only had one job at the time so that's fallen to the wayside but um i was doing a lot of lifting and cross training hmm. and just short runs you know it was i easily could have gone and gone out and ran five times as much as i did mm-hmm but, uh, you know, I knew, you know, I knew muscle memory comes back quick because as your muscles develop and get stronger, they get more nuclei in them. So even if you sit on the couch for a year, if you get back, back at whatever activity you're in, you're going to, you're going to get it back way quicker than somebody starting from zero. Totally. But I, but I would kind of knew, I kind of knew that, uh, you know, the non-musculoskeletal tissues mm-hmm. would not be ready for that. So when I would go on my long runs, which would be, you know, about 10 miles max at that point 
if I would start to feel it a little bit in the knee, you know, I don't jump straight to, well, I guess I have an injury. I just kind of know, well, that's my limit right now. That's when, you know, my body started barking. So I'm Mm going to follow that. That's my max right now. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, sometimes you have big goals. Like when you hear about David Goggins duct taping his shins to get through a bunch of hundreds, it's, Hey, if that's your goal, that's fine. But if, uh, you know, if your goal is to stay healthy, yeah, you really don't be pushing through pain. You know, the saying of like, no pain, no gain, you got to replace pain with hard effort for Mm -hmm. it to, to be accurate. Yeah. 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 It makes sense, man. Like, yeah. Once you already have that pace and you've run, say, say you've run half a dozen hundred milers, you know what your body's capable of. And then, yeah, you can take an extended amount of time off. And, you know, I'm not saying this to brag by any means, but most of the year I could probably do, pre- I could do a hundred miler off the couch, you know, it wouldn't be pretty, but I could, I could get it done, you know, just because I know what my body's capable of. And um, sure, I wouldn't be breaking any land speed records, but I could go out and get it done. Yeah, man. Cool. Well, that's good stuff. Um, what do you think? Yeah, about have- ice baths. Ice bath? Yeah. Um, do you get in anything like that? No, I mean, uh, don't know a ton about it, to be honest. Um, a lot of things like ice baths where it's not going to hurt anything. Same with like K-tape. Anything that's not going to hurt, I just say, <laughs> hey, if you want to try it, go for it. If it makes you feel better, stick with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like praying. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, it's it's absolutely not going to hurt you. So by all means, go for it. <laughs> to try. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true, man. Yeah, but there's a lot of uh. This this will relate back to one of my like broad theories on just humans in general. And how I, I kind of get this idea that what everybody before they realize it is looking for all it's like everything they do is based on trying to feel important and trying to feel included, mm-hmm. which I think then roots back back to, you know, survival. When people are living in little tribes, you can't get ostracized or you're toast. Mm-hmm. So the two ways to make make sure that you're part of the tribe or kind of to, to be well liked or to be important, you know, have some skill or something like that. Um, which was my weird segue into how, you know, some people are super pro or anti kind of maximalist hokas or, or minimal issues. Mm -hmm. And more and more, I get this impression that they've kind of just adopted that as their tribe. Like I, I have and run in both, you know, like I'll run in hokas and, you know, I have some zero shoe sandals, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not, it's not a camp you have to be in. Like I was, I was reading a study from somebody that put out who, and this person just kind of is known to be a little bit biased to the barefoot side of things. And this study was comparing uh, kind of minimalist and barefoot running to standard running shoes. Mm-hmm. And al- you almost had to read the fine print where it was written in a way to say there were fewer injuries on the barefoot side of things, but that was just because there was fewer, fewer miles overall. Sure. with those folks so if, if you read the full discussion you saw oh if you control for injuries per mile it's the same mm. and a lot of people are out there um kind of dumping on hokas lately have you kind of noticed that at all mm, no i guess i haven't yeah i don't know if that's in your world but um 
yeah, there's kind of, I mean, these things, you know, they go back and forth, the pendulum swings. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, a lot of people are really down on the hocus lately and it's not based on good evidence, in my opinion. Um, You still running in, are you still running in hocus? Yeah, pretty much whenever I run roads or something non-technical, I'm in hokas. But if I'm running something technical, then I'm usually in uh, like a, a standard trail shoe. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, you've probably met those people who, you know, they were saying, ah, you know, as soon as I put the hokas on, I started feeling better. Right. So, you know, it's not like that's imaginary. Mm-hmm. You know, that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, there's only two or, th- two or three studies looking at, at hokas and maximal issues. And what they found is that there's a higher ground force reaction in terms of just, you know, hitting the ground harder. But all of those studies have been using force plates that are on the ground. You know, and to me, the whole point of that big foam is force attenuation. So to run that kind of study, it seems to me you'd need the force plate in the shoe or at least a comparison of, because they make those, they make insole force plates. Sure. So you need a comparison of the two or something in the shoe. Hmm. Plus, um, you know, the, the, the correlation between ground force reaction and, and injury also isn't that solid in and of itself. Same with, uh, you know, people get heavy into forefoot, midfoot, rear foot striking, mm-hmm. which uh, there's only, um, I, I mean, I just, I tried to browse this again over the last few days. Um, it's been about a year since I was reading heavily about it. But uh, there's only really been two big studies on the topic. Um, one was a military study with the benefit being it had a thousand and some subjects. The downside being uh, of that study, they found no correlation between foot striking pattern okay. and injury rate. But it's also if you're if you're dealing with folks in the military, you know, they might also be going for 20 mile hikes with heavy backpacks. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's hard to tie that specifically to to foot strike pattern. There was another one, which it only looked at about 50, 52 or so people, but they were collegiate runners, which I think is a little bit more of an applicable sure. uh, sample size. And they did find about uh, two ish higher injury rate with a heel strike, though I, I kind of think the discussing it in terms of forefoot, midfoot heel strike is a flawed parad- paradigm to begin with. Um, it'd probably be better to think of it in what's called angle of inclination. So first, just think of a really exaggerated heel strike. You know, it's coming down. It's at about 45 degrees to the ground and kind of visualize that angle between the bottom of your foot and the ground. And that's the angle of inclination. Hmm. So if you were landing on your toe, that would be a negative angle of inclination. Sure. And I think we'd see a lot more interesting results if we just tossed out the classification based on uh, for mid or uh, heel strike mm-hmm. and instead put it in categories of of that angles of inclination because if you're you know if you're just barely contacting with your heel that's technically a heel strike and it's probably not that different from landing just a little bit on your metatarsals true so that might be part of the hold up because i mean my I, I do have a bias to say that a really exaggerated heel strike is not the best and really, if, if you're having, say, pain in the front of the knee or shin splints, really things along the front there, mm-hmm. um, usually shortening your stride and increasing your cadence, which will kind of accomplish the same thing, 
and kind of backing up where you're landing are usually going to pay the best dividends there. Yeah. Um, but I would, I mean, I don't know anybody who like runs on their tippy toes, but I imagine if, if you did, you'd probably get some potentially get some metatarsal for you sure. Fractures. Yeah. So as with most, most things in life, there's a happy medium where as long as you're kind of within it, you're probably good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen people run on their tippy toes. You know, I used to work in a running shoe store where we would do gait analysis for people and, and some people would come in and they're just all tiptoes. And I'm like, good God, you're going to have problems. You know, you, you almost have to relearn how to run, but we would teach people to, to aim for the midfoot. It doesn't always, yeah. you know, sometimes you're landing, like you said, the heels touching a little bit, but more importantly, it would be to, to strike 180 times a minute, 90 per leg. And that's so, pretty well, much you, for everybody. I'll give, you a tip there. I'll give you a tip there for your coaching. Mm -hmm. um, 180. Um, that's just like an old number that's been thrown around. It's not really? a scientific number. Okay. What I would recommend you do is just add 10% to the cadence is a good place to start. Add 10% to what you're doing. Yeah. If you're having pain in the knee, you know, chins, okay. yep. I would start by just adding 10% instead of okay. going straight, straight at 180. Like my resting cadence is usually low 160s, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not having any injuries. So sure. Um, I mean, 180, that's, that's a fine number to throw out there. It's, it's within that general range. Mm -hmm. Um, but you'll probably have more success, especially if you're out, you know, coaching somebody and you want to throw a little bit in there. Mm -hmm. Um, usually adding 10% is a good place to start. They okay. might be at 140 and, you know, jumping to 180 would be a huge change. Okay. Yeah. You got any, you got any athletes you're coaching with it band syndrome? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. One in particular. All right. Watch them run. And I'll bet you a hundred bucks. This is on the record. So they're going to have excessive adduction during the swing phase, which what that means is, uh, as, as the leg is coming forward, you're going to notice it's going to land across midline. Okay. This is always, this is almost always the pattern you see with it band syndrome. And, uh, it's large. Do they run mostly flat ground this person or, or do they do a lot of vert? Uh, he's trained for Leadville, uh, but he lives in Nashville. So he does vert, but you know, it's not Boulder vert, you know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I always find this to be more common. Um, if you're doing a lot of flat running, but, um, a lot of that is related to lack of eccentric control in your hip extensors, kind of the gluteus medius and, and maximus, because as your leg is coming forward, that means your adductors, those are the muscles on the inside of your leg. Mm -hmm. They're kind of, they're picking up some of the slack to, to slow down how fast your leg is coming forward. You know, once it's past the point of acceleration. Okay. And, and so, since you're using those inside muscles on the legs, they also happen to pull your leg in. Mm. And this is a very common pattern you see. And I, I remember I was experiencing this way back in like 2010. This is when I didn't know anything, you know, and you go out there and you try and read and people are like, Oh, foam roll your it band or do, you know, sideline, you know, leg raises, mm -hmm. which I, I mean, what I, that's kind of the sideline, hip lunges or clamshells are on the right track, but you really want to make stuff functional if you want to see it translate into your running. So what you want to do exercise wise is more like put a, a TheraBand around either your knee or your ankle for resistance and kind of do like big monster walks where you're stepping way out to the side. 
because you want to you want to do something that's similar to running to kind of get that motor pattern to to be associated and another good thing to do is uh just gait training like you could either if you're a treadmill runner you can use chalk or like a soap bar to put a line in the middle of your treadmill and just kind of try to watch it you know try to watch where your foot lands or if you run at a track the line's kind of already there so Yep. be that guy who takes up two lanes you know right, right. Try to have your foot land on on either side of the line and when you're trying to do that gate retraining even though people kind of hate this but it's good to say you know run a lap or however long you can focus on it and then walk a lap because the more time you spend running doing what you were doing you know the longer it's going to take for you to kind of retrain that and uh it, it always seems to me like people hate to be like oh, i'm in my dry fit I'm in my Solomons. Like, I don't want to be walking at the track, mm-hmm. but you can only concentrate. You're trying to make it go from conscious to automatic yeah. and you can only concentrate for so long. So I always find those run to walk plans are very beneficial, whatever it is you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, try that with your guy. Um, kind of adding a little more uh, kind of hip abduction, like gluteus, gluteus medius kind of stuff. You know, resisted sidestepping, the big tall walks where you're really kicking your leg out to the side Mm, and stuff like that. And sometimes a little rest. Like I would, I would tell your guy, get on the bike for two weeks, you know, while you're doing this stuff. That's what I've been doing. (laughs) Yeah. Like I had, um, when I first moved to Roanoke, I had been, I'd been in Maryland for a while and I was doing a mostly cycling and, and some flat running, but no vert. So when I first moved there, I just started running up this mountain every day. And one of my, I got a lot of calcaneal tendinopathy on one side, you know, so because uh, if you're running uphill, you're kind of always going to be having a little more uh, relative dorsiflexion, which is where, you know, your foot's bending up. Mm-hmm. So that's a little, mm-hmm. little extra strain that tendon wasn't work, wasn't used to. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I rode the bike for through three weeks and did kind of eccentric heel drops and that kind of stuff. Good to go. But that was another good example of where, you know, it's a lot of times a rapid change where whether it's you switch up your shoes, go to a lower drop, suddenly you're running trails instead of pavement. You added a bunch of vert out of nowhere. It always seems like a lot of, or, you know, you were just building up too close. You, you ran 20 miles a week for two months and then started feeling good and just jumped right to 40 miles a week. Right. A lot. I mean, I would look at that before I would look at anything. I would look at changes to your training program and just look for any big changes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, this client of mine, that's really having the it band problems. God bless him, man. He called me up and he's like, listen, I just started running six months ago and I signed up for Leadville. Can you help me out? (laughs) I'm just like, Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude, that's a tall order, but you know, we can probably make it happen. You know, as long as, you know, you do everything I tell you. And as long as we can avoid injury, that's going to be the biggest thing. And he's doing all right. But yeah, it band problems is, his, is his biggest issue. Yeah. Yeah. Check, get him to send you a video of him running. Um, okay. that would be, that would be my guess is your, is it only, is it unilateral just on one side? Uh, actually it's both sides. His right side was hurting really bad at first. And then that healed up and now it's his left side. Okay. That's my guess. Get him to get him to send you a view of him running from behind. And my guess is his leg is going to be kind of swinging over. So he's swinging it around and landing past the midline. 
Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, that's the first thing I look for with, okay. um, you know, lateral knee pain. Got it. Cool. Cool, man. Yeah, man. Um, like the whole running form thing intrigues me. Like, um, I saw this guy the other day who whose running form was just immaculate. It was just unbelievable. It's like, wow, that is the model. That's how you should be doing it. And he, he pretty much learned how to run barefoot. He started barefoot, then went to minimal shoes. And now he wears, you know, hokas from time to time, but he's very upright and he's doing probably God, 190 a minute, you know, uh-huh. high turnover rate. And it's just like, wow, that guy's, you know, and he doesn't have any injuries. So he, you know, he's doing something right. Yeah, there's definitely truth there. I mean, there, I would be much more inclined to say there's such a thing as bad form before I would say there's good form. I mm-hmm. mean, this is injury wise, performance wise, of course, there's going to be a specific way where, you know, your muscles generate the most force with the least amount of, you know, least amount of effort kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of physics. So hard to deny. Yeah, for but, sure. You know, I, I would say as long as you're within, you know, a, a decent range and you've built up slowly, you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. Like, you know, going six months to Leadville is not a person I'd be surprised to hear have an injury. Right. Um, I wish him the best. Teach that guy how to fast hike, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'll go half a mile, walk for a mile. Sure. For sure. Yeah, totally. No, just hike, hike, go pass. Coming, totally. I, mean, I mean, coming down too will beat you up more than people realize. Yeah. Where you're, you know, your glutes got to, got to do that eccentric control. Yeah. And you're just but pounding the, those quads. Yeah. You ever know anybody that got a, what's called compartment syndrome? Uh, I mean, probably not as a runner cause they just wouldn't have become a runner, yeah. but this is where, uh, at, at the front of your shin, you know, on the right side of your tibia there, it's almost like it's congenital in a way. Like some people just, the pressure really builds up there, mm-hmm. um, to the point of where it gets, it just gets too painful. And they used to try to treat it with, uh, just fasciotomies. That's all they could think of, like literally cutting the leg open and trying to let it heal with more room. But those folks have very good results with switching or midfoot or forefoot patterns. Okay. And the reason is that when your heel hits the ground, kind of some of the main muscles there on the front, like the anterior tibialis, what they have to do is slow, they have to do work to slow down how fast your foot comes down. And if you just think of kind of the fulcrum and the physics of your heel coming down and then your foot coming down, you know, the, the muscles at the front of your shin there, which do eccentric work to control your foot coming down, mm-hmm. have to do a lot more totally. compared to, you know, if you're, if you're landing at the mid or the forefoot, they're just, they just don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ever, if you ever, I mean this, I highly doubt anybody who has that going on is gonna be, up for ultra marathon advice Mm -hmm. because either they figured it out or they're just not distances yeah but um i feel like i hear that a lot of soccer players okay play half the game legs just gotta go out but yeah that's uh, anything like that like shin splints you're gonna benefit from uh switching to a more forefoot pattern and anybody you come across who wants to transition to minimalist footwear or zero drop you just got to really reiterate, like it's a month long process. Yeah, for sure. In terms of, uh, making that switch. Yeah. Yeah. And all, in all the research I was reading, like, uh, you know, I kind of, for like several months, I guess 
was kind of autisming out on running research. <laughs> it was like everything I'd read, you know, would have 10 notes and then you got to go read those and you keep digging in. And that was the common theme I kept finding, whether it was comparing pavement to trail or this to that was uh, more often than not just the rate of, you know, the rate of change. Because mm. even, you know, uh, one study I read, the the way your body reacts when you're running on pavement, like it just kind of almost by nature kind of lets your joints and stuff bend a little bit more, you know, kind of turns you a little more into, I don't know, a shock absorber. Okay. Uh, so yeah, a lot of the things I was coming across injury wise, that was, that was the common theme, just big changes too fast. Sure. Yeah. It makes sense. Makes sense. Cool, man. You got any races coming up this year? Yeah, I don't know. Got any any random questions, PT wise? Um, I don't know. I think that pretty much covers it for the most part. Um, no, I I think yeah. I might have cut out for a second there. Do you have any races coming up this year? Are you doing anything? No. When I was starting, to, this was about March. Was last time I was really getting a good routine together, mm-hmm. building up, and I was looking at the CNO one hundred. I would like hundred under 20 hours is, you know, my next thing yeah. right now I'm sitting at 22 is the best I've done. Okay. So I was, you know, that one's close by and it's flat after honestly, grindstone just destroyed me. I think that has uh, I think it's 24,000 feet of vert mm. or somewhere around there. Nice. So that one beat me up pretty good. And uh, you know, I used to always just be like, got to go up, got to go down. Like who, why would anyone run on flat ground? Right. But uh I don't know. Lately, I, I was starting to appreciate the flat ground, so I was looking. I was looking for basically a fast ultra, but uh, yeah, just the work. You know, the work is getting me down. So I think sure. until until I move closer to my main job, I'll probably just be a bit of a hobby jogger. Yeah, you know, yeah. here and there. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. But you're hitting uh, the weights. You're doing like I don't know if you're doing cross training or what, but it looks like you're like focusing on deadlifts and. Uh, more like Olympic lifts too, huh? Yeah, I was doing a lot of weightlifting for a while. Um, just kind of bouncing around a few things, you know. I was really enjoying the, uh, what is it, the uh, the we- the fan bike or the assault bike. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doing intervals on those guys because it doesn't killer. give you as much recovery. Yeah, when you're using your arms too, that lactic acid has nowhere to go. Totally. Um, so those are pretty good. But yeah, that's a good, uh, I mean, intervals are great for boosting your endurance quickly. Um, so when I, when, I finally, uh, when I finally get back into serious tra- training, you know, I'm going to focus a lot, or I, I was starting to focus a lot on interval training at the start, mm-hmm. just for, to build up quickly, you know. There was, there was some CrossFit guy who, you know, the evangelizing about training. And I think he, he did maybe Western States with his longest training run being 13 miles. <laughs> and it was just a hundred percent into interval training. Wow. Um, you know, I, I would, I would, I would focus a little more on specificity, you know, yeah. doing whatever it is you're trying to do. But yeah, as, as I was building back up, you know, maybe, from an injury perspective, that's why I was trying to focus on short runs and, and heavy lifts at the start. Okay. Uh, cause I knew I was in a, basically a high injury risk category with high base level of fitness. 
-hmm. you know, I kind of knew I would build up quickly. And oftentimes that's when you get yourself into trouble. Mm. Um, I'll make a plug that most, uh, let's say most research shows that running has no correlation with knee arthritis. Really? The only, yeah, usually it's, uh, quite the opposite the only one the only thing i've come across is uh, those very very high level folks like consistently 100 miles per week or more sure that that was kind of the only times i would see any increased association with with arthritis but yeah i read this uh real interesting study it only had six subjects but the study was just so cool where they had six runners and they would either have them sit still for 30 minutes or run for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then they were taking samples from the fluid in the knee joint and then just their regular circulatory system outside of the knee. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at a few biomarkers. Um, one of them, it's like cartilagometric or cartilaginous oligometric protein matrix or something, which is associated with arthritis. <clears throat> and they were finding after you've been running for 30 minutes, there's way more of it out of the knee in the general bloodstream. And if you sat still, there's way more in the knee Mm. because, you know, knees and really all your joints, they, they work as kind of pumps, like osmosis, like you got to move it to Mm -hmm. kind of pump the bad stuff out and the good stuff in. Sure. Um, So yeah, as far as if anybody tells you, you're going to bust your knees by running, you're probably not quite the opposite unless you're, getting getting a little too wild well it's always the non-runners that say that aren't you worried about your knees you're gonna wreck your knees i'm like dude you don't run at all (laughs) like what do you know (laughs) yeah uh yeah so yeah i figured i'd make that plug for sure 100 percent. right on man what else is new with you anything else getting married you got a great job. You can buy a house soon. Yeah, getting working. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, let's see. Nah, I mean, what else am I up to? Since I moved to Charlottesville, you know, when I lived in Colorado or even Roanoke, most of my friends were, you know, kind of more mountain or athlete folks. Mm-hmm. And almost just by coincidence, you know, most of my good friends in Charlottesville are kind of more nerds. Mm-hmm. So I've just been drifting way more like board game type stuff just because that's who I'm around now. Yeah. You still doing a lot of reading? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I read this great book. Um, Semi-recent came out in 2019. It's called uh, The Outside. Okay. And it's kind of a dystopian future where it's basically humans made AI, but then it started improving upon itself. And they, they became basically all powerful and there's a bunch of them. They kind of, they kind of mirror Greco Roman gods in a way, Mm. but they also fuel themselves based on human souls. So it's not like they could just wipe out humanity. They kind of need them, but there's also, uh, within the book, there's kind of this, this, uh, this alternate space of being, you know, that doesn't conform to, you know, Newtonian laws of physics and stuff. And anything that comes up about it, you know, the robot, the robot gods always suppress it. And it's very puritanical. If anybody Mm. studies it, they call it, you know, being a heretic and Mm. anybody who uh, gets associated with it. But the underlying theme is very much just kind of, you know, viewing the world a little bit differently. Mm. 
and kind of seeing these things, but everybody just tells you you're crazy and you're wrong for, <laughs> for almost kind of having a different reality. Sounds familiar. So, yeah. I highly recommend that book. I thought it was great. Okay. Right on. Cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think I've been reading a bunch of fiction lately. Um, old stuff. I'm always into the old stuff. Um, and a couple authors have sent me books that want to be on the podcast at some point. So I'm reading their stuff too, but I always have my nose in something. Yeah. I got my library right back here. Um, but yeah, I've always, I'm always reading something. It's always something different. I'm all over the place with my reading. A lot of fiction. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped. My, uh, my fiance, she, uh, I mean, she's a voracious reader. Um, and finally she's reading Dune, which is a little more in my wheelhouse, kind of like yeah. sci-fi. Yep. So we finally are able to like discuss a book. Nice. Usually she's reading something that's, you know, I'll, I'll either read like sci-fi or Malcolm Gladwell, you know, kind of nonfiction. Yeah. yeah. What's she reading? Yeah, it was, oh, that's, I mean, all over the place. Let's see. I mean, like, what are some of her favorite? Like, uh, what's his name? That Japanese guy. Um, Haruki Murakami. Yes, that's her favorite. Like, she loves he's Murakami. Awesome. Yeah, he's got a new yeah. short story book out. I'm looking forward to digging into. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I mean, she, you know, every time she tells me what she's reading, it's something different. Yeah, so yeah. She's all, yeah, I've been enjoying her, uh, you know, reading Dune because it gives us a little connection there. For but sure. our perspectives are so different. You know, she'll have you ever read Dune or you know the story at all? I know a little bit about the story, but I've never read uh, it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's this one semi-minor character who kind of, you know, betrays the main character. And the reason was that his wife had, you know, been kidnapped by somebody else. And her perspective, she was telling me, like, well, I never, I never built up an emotional connection because they didn't tell any stories about him and his wife from the past. And, you know, I didn't get why he loved his wife so much. And that that was kind of interesting. Like to me, you know, I just read it like a, a straight up autist where I'm, it's just matter of fact, like, Oh, he loves his wife. Right. Therefore, he won't do this other thing <laughs> kind of thing to get her perspective on it. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, you, ever, you ever go on the, uh, the wall street bets subreddit? No, uh, I recommend you don't. That's how I was losing money before, <laughs> before I got a good strategy together. But, uh, it, I mean, it makes, I, I find it hilarious. Like whenever somebody types up a really good analysis or does something really smart, they'll, they'll refer to them as they'll say like, good job, autist, which <laughs> I, I think some people take offense to that. I, I, I take it as a compliment. Like, you know, when I was, when I'm in the zone, I'll sit down and read a hundred articles about running research just, yeah. just for fun. Like a lot of the stuff I came to know was because, uh, the professor who previously would do a lecture just on running shoes left to go to another program, actually out near you. She's out at Regis now, but uh, the two guys who took over that course, um, they're kind of more like stroke prosthetic amputation type guys. Mm -hmm. So I kind of knew they were going to just be winging it for the, the running shoe lecture day. So I just pitched to them like, well, you want me to give it? Yeah. And, th and that kind of just set me on like a, a two month rabbit hole. Of just you know, I'd be sitting in class, supposed to be learning about Parkinson's. But like, oh, sorry, I was I was reading this study about foot strike. <laughs> but that's just kind of how the autism life is. I've just learned to enjoy the ride once. What something grabs you, it's almost better to just lean into it if it's productive, rather yeah. than try to fight it and yeah, you know, yeah. do whatever it is theoretically supposed to be doing. 
Hey, do whatever sets your soul on fire, right? If you're interested in it, dive down that rabbit hole. So I'm trying to think what I'm going to title this podcast now, like Dr. Autist or something like. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> you know, you can, so I, I virtually guarantee I'll never actually write an autobiography, but I did decide if I ever did, it would be titled. It's hard to get in-state tuition when you live in a tent. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, or the Subaru. Yep. Yep. Subaru's still going. That's awesome. Yeah, I got a leak in the air conditioning, which, you know, I'll 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 probably end up just driving with no air conditioning for for three years while oh, I squeeze the last of the life out of it. You can duct tape that up, can't you? We'll see. I mean, I I charged it. You know, I put the freon in to see what was going on, mm-hmm. and instantly, right at the high pressure seal, it just kind of started bubbling out, and it was like, mm-hmm. well, there's the leak. So we'll see. I mean, I'm limited on time. I kind of don't want to bother paying somebody to fix it. So yeah. I'll probably just put the windows down and be sweaty for a while. We'll see. Good heat training. That's how I trained for Western States. I drove around door to door organics with the windows up and the heat cranked really? all summer. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. That's something that always used to boggle my mind. Well, this made me think of that because, uh, you know, you used to just stop on your routes and like go for a run in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. I know when I, when I was, when I was delivering for door to door, it was like locked in, no lunch breaks not thinking about anything but delivering till I'm done. Yeah. And uh yeah, I think that's one of the that's one of the things looking back that always uh now it kind of makes sense, but what always like fascinate and amaze me about you is you would just randomly kind of like, oh, I just decided to do Bikram yoga today or you know, just just on a whim picking up random things. I know for me it'd have to be like, all right, I need to read about Bikram yoga right. for at least 2 weeks. <laughs> practice it by myself. And then I'll consider going to a class. But yeah, you always see this, you know, this other guy just on a whim, like, oh yeah, just took out the mountain bike today. Yeah. And I'm always kind of, you know, I'm always kind of like, well, if I'm mountain biking, I'm in mountain biking phase. Okay. There'll be no running or no anything else. That's that autism brain, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's all about. Uh, that's something I'm trying to teach that that guy I alluded to at the beginning who's, you know, pretty morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy basically cries every day. He's just, uh, I'm trying to teach him how to just get some self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's this weird situation where it's like, I can't push too hard, but he needs a little bit, you know, kind of like you were talking about with pacing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I finally figured out, I mean, over and over, like one of his repetitive themes is to kind of start crying and say, I feel like I'm not making any progress. I'm worried I'm not letting you down. And I was thinking about him the last couple of days. And I think the reason he's doing that is because then I start telling him about like, no, you know, you're walking 50 more feet than you were last week. Mm-hmm. You're doing this, you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's really after is, is the positive reinforcement. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to shift that? You know, yeah. how am I going to, how am I going to teach him? There's other ways to get that. Yeah. Gotta I think what I'm going to end up some tough love. Yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, because I'm trying to figure out if it'll work to just tell him that straight up. We'll see. Hmm. Yeah, it's hard to know what he's going to be able to handle. You know, don't want to push him too hard. But I think before he goes home, my suggestion, you know, he's kind of worked in like fast food, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't have a lot of confidence. I think I'm going to tell him like, dude, go to, you know, something like a tire shop or or whatever, something kind of stereotypically like manly. Mm-hmm. And just go in there and say, hey, look, I know, you know, I'm in my 30s and I don't know anything, but. 
I'm looking to get started, you know, just be up front with them and say, Hey, half the day, you know, I'll, I'll scrub the toilets the other half the day. You teach me about lug nuts. Sure. So we'll see. We'll see if, uh, yeah, I have this vision. Cause that guy is draining, emotionally draining. I always save him to the end of the day. Mm. It always ends up being like a 60 or 80 minute hour session with a lot of tears. Mm. So before I go to see him, I, I try to visualize, you know, me just walking in about two or three years, I'm just walking around town somewhere and I hear somebody say my name and the voice sounds familiar, you know, and he's like, oh, you probably don't recognize me. I'm so-and-so. Yeah. And it's this 200 pound guy walking a dog. Yeah. And then, and then I just get to be like, yes, I fucking did that. Yeah. You know, I changed your life. <laughs> so we'll see if it works out or not. Uh, good luck, man. I mean, that's not an easy project, but it sounds like he needs to build up some confidence from somewhere. Like, is he good at anything? Like, is there any avenue of his life that he can oh. focus on and, and get good at that and somehow build confidence from that and, and take it to other aspects of his life? Yeah, I know he's, I know he's a gamer, you know, I think he was, he was pretty big into World of Warcraft. So I think if he can turn that into some type of programming or yeah. even like support, you know, something like that. Hmm. But I mean, it really, yeah, it's a challenge to be sure. It's like starting from ground one. Totally. Or I don't know if that's a phrase that people say, I might've just made it up. <laughs> Start from old ground one. Yeah. Get that guy out running or walking yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're working on now oh dude he'll be running in leadville in no time no yeah no time. <laughs> cool man yeah, that's the dream right um cool i think we did it anything else yeah. yeah it was good to catch up for sure yeah well dude i gotta tell you you know um i was listening to your first podcast and you sounded dude i was in bad cool. shape then yeah, you sounded a little forlorn and I kind of know how that how that gets. So I just wanted to tell you, you know, you were kind of my ultra running mentor. I learned a ton from you. So cool, cool. You know, I think you've done a lot more good than bad. Yeah, for sure. Like, well, all the bad that I did was to myself. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I never wanted to hurt other people, but I didn't mind hurting myself, you know. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was in bad shape when that first one, uh, uh, when I put that first one out, but you know, I, I decided I want to, like, I suck at public speaking. I suck at conversations in general. I never talk on the phone, you know? So I just decided, well, what the hell we're talking about, do big things. Why not jump right into it? And I'll start speaking in almost like a public forum where all kinds of people are going to be listening to this. And I'll start doing these long form conversations with my old friends and strangers and, whatever and maybe i'll get a little bit better so yeah i mean i've honestly uh yeah i've enjoyed listening to yours um cool i appreciate I it listening to, yeah i stopped listening to podcasts a long time ago because my mind would wander yeah. so often yeah that i would kind of get lost so it's only very certain ones occasionally like a mark Marin podcast or something yeah that i'll actually be able to pay attention to yep but yeah yeah i've been digging yours so far i don't know how this one will fit in where you usually have like renowned uh <laughs> renowned world record holder or whatever and then like random roommate no you know? that's not good perfect <laughs> we'll man it. you're you're a doctor you've got the knowledge you can pass it on and uh hell sometimes i just like catching up with old friends on on podcasts and you know i've got uh episode with one of my old tattoo he's a tattoo artist and he's one of my old buddies that we used to just like do tons of psychedelics with i did yep. an episode with him i've got a bunch of old ones with old friends that 
don't necessarily fit in, but uh, they're, they're cool to me. So uh, people can take them or leave them. I don't care. Did I lose you? Are you there? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're back there now. Okay. Cool, man. Well, let's end this thing, but stay on the line for a second. I want to talk to you real quick. So, um, but thanks for coming on, dude. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah. Come to Colorado. We miss yeah, you out yeah, here. Up there. I know. We yeah, miss I gotta you. Tell you. I got to tell you some crazy youthful autism stuff that I'm not going to tell you on the podcast. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Um, cool. Well, thanks for doing this. And um, Brendan McNulty, the man is not on social media pretty much anywhere. You're not going to find him. Maybe if nope. you run some ultra marathon out east or have to go to a PT for something, you might run across him. But otherwise, uh, he's just, uh, it's like two ships in the night. Just it's true. If, uh, yeah, if, you're, if your grandmother goes to a nursing facility in Virginia, she might get to work with me. <laughs> That's it, though. Dude, I got to tell you, old ladies love me. Like, I I'm the old lady whisperer. <laughs> I can and imagine. Then, uh, I kind of learned, I kind of learned how old guys work. You just tell them whatever they did, you make it the most important thing ever, you know, and yeah. then they, they, then they're all about it. That's cool. That's but, like, uh, uh, oh, you, know what, you know what I missed out on? I, uh, I had this pre canned line I wanted to drop at some point yeah. about how, uh, you know, sometimes people like the shit on hokas. And just yesterday I was helping, an, you know, this lady get from her wheelchair to the bathroom and she literally shat on my hokas. No way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude that's horrible oh <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah i mean you just gotta you just gotta know how to laugh to work in that setting and then you're good oh god well i'm glad you can do it man i would not be able to do that job <sighs> good on you well killer man um yeah stay on the line i'm gonna end this real quick but uh thanks for doing this appreciate you man yeah, you're yeah. a badass yeah you too, brother all right man That's not it. Give me a second. Record. Isn't it funny how you just kind of like stop talking to people? I mean, they're your friends and everything, but you know, before you know it, a couple of years has gone by and you've hardly said anything to them. Um, unfortunately, that's kind of how it was with me and Brendan. So it was great catching up with them. Great chopping it up. Um, talking about what we're up to now. <sighs> I love it all, all that stuff. Um, I'm going to make this quick. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. Um, we coach, we pace, we crew your ultra marathon. Um, we can do whatever you want. <laughs> Look us up, big-things-crewing.com. Uh, love you guys. We'd love to help. Um, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast so you're notified when a new episode drops. Support our Patreon. That's Patreon slash do big things. Uh, if you like what you hear and you want to support this podcast, please write us a review, share it on social media. That is the stuff that helps more than anything. Um, these conversations are also on YouTube. Head on over there and subscribe as well. We're on all the social medias as big things crewing. And as always, our website is big dash things dash crewing.com. I want to thank Exoscan. Um, the best running apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. No blisters, no chafing, no odor. Check them out. 
Use our promo code, capital BTC, for 20% off. I want to thank Athletic Brewing for making this possible. 20% discount code there is McRobertsA20, all caps. I'm hooking you guys up with a discount on the best non-alcoholic beer around. We also want to thank Will and the good people at On Pace Wellness. If you want to dial in your nutrition and do big things this year, look up On Pace Wellness and mention this podcast for a 10% discount. Remember, guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run.